Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who by your Son promised us peace with you through the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life, we humbly ask you so to rule and govern our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that in our daily need and especially in all time of temptation, we may seek help from him and by a true and living faith in your word obtain the same through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, now and forever. Amen. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I bring greetings to you on behalf of your brothers and sisters throughout uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Synod, where they too gather together around word and sacrament uh, this morning on the Lord's Day to receive of his peace, uh, to go into their lives of service to him at peace, knowing that all is right between them and them and their neighbors, and with God, that they are free to serve unencumbered. And so this morning, we are going to be looking at a text which actually helps us review the first part of the two-part series that I'm going to do for you, but you are going to just receive it in the sermon today, the first part. And that has to do with our sacramental life how that impacts then what we'll talk about later, which is our cultivating our vocational evangelism, the life that we live bearing witness uh, to the Lord's name. So for our text, we use the epistle lesson which we have heard from Colossians 3, and I will read again selected verses in Jesus' name. Please rise. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. In Christ Jesus, who is our peace, peace before God, as foretold by the prophet Isaiah, calling him the Prince of Peace, and then announced by that angel outside of Bethlehem, peace that has come to the whole earth. Dear fellow redeemed, a strange expression that has found its way into Lutheran phraseology maybe the past four or five decades is when we talk about getting into the word. Even though many Lutheranize that phrase, it's, and its understanding, it try to change it, it would be better for us to say, let the word 
get into us. The latter expression is better since it recognizes the power of God through the word working upon and in our hearts. Because the word is a living, active thing empowered by the spirit. In Psalm 119, we read, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, it is the indwelling of the word in you, not you dwelling in the word. Now that may seem like a minor difference, but it's huge. You see, God is at work upon you as the one who is acting. You are the one who passively receives of his gifts, which bring everlasting blessings to you. And so our text will help us consider this order of things as we cultivate a sacramental life among us. Therefore, let the peace of Christ rule in you, doing everything in Jesus' name. Now, are you a, a pious Christian on Sunday mornings only? Is your life at home, at work, at play, among your many neighbors, unaffected by what goes on here in the divine service? Is the weekly gathering among other Christians, as we are doing now, a time to make up for sins committed the previous week, being forgiven and restored? Or what happens on Sunday, does it go with you for your life among your many neighbors that God has placed into your lives? Well, we all desire to receive the approval of God, our maker, and to live forever with him at peace and forevermore. Every one of us wants that. Our peace is disturbed by especially two things. One, our own unrighteousness. And two, our impending deserved death based on our unrighteousness. In Christ, we have peace with God. Jesus' perfect life, his <coughs> sacrificial suffering and death, and his rising to life again, are his works all accomplished in our behalf, which cause us to be declared right with God, our creator. And so we are at peace with God for his son's sake. We stand before him righteous and with life abiding in us, eternal life. We, like our holy substitute, are well-pleasing to God the Father. Remember how the Father said at our substitute's Baptism and transfiguration in him, your substitute, I am well pleased. If he is pleased with your substitute, 
he is pleased with you. This peace of the Lord is generously announced and received throughout our divine services. We heard it, just heard it in the absolution. The opening of the sermon, you hear the peace of our Lord. We hear it after the sermon. We hear it after the consecration of the elements before we sing the Agnus Dei. We, re, we hear it at the dismissal at the altar after we receive that precious gift in our mouths. We receive this peace post-communion and in various benedictions. Jesus, and this follows what Jesus did, he liberally greeted his disciples with peace be with you in his resurrected appearances. That's what we do here, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and on other occasions when we gather for worship. And think of it, all of Paul and Peter's epistles include that expression of peace from God to their readers in their greetings for their letters and in many of their farewells. But keep in mind, these are not just empty well wishes, like sometimes we think of our uh, hello and goodbye, how are you doing, that kind of thing. No, when we hear peace be with you, it is grounded in what Christ has done for us. In our text, Paul urges his readers in the church of Colossae, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. How precisely does that happen? Well, he goes on. He says how it happens. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so what is that word of Christ that is to dwell in us richly? It is the gospel. The announcement that God loves us so much, he gave, he sacrificed his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. And again, God is pleased with your substitute, so he is pleased with you. Think again of what goes on here Sunday after Sunday and other occasions as believers in Christ gather around word and sacrament. Just as God said, let there be light, and there was light. So when God says to you through his minister, your sins are all forgiven you, that is what happens. They are. They are forgiven by that very word, that declaration. That is his power at work upon and in you. Where else but here? is that indwelling of the gospel taking place? Yes, at home, in your daily devotions, if you are using gospel-centered devotions, it's happening. But the richness of the gospel in a Lutheran divine service, as noted, is replete 
with that peace. No one should leave a divine service ever wondering if he is at peace with God. <coughs> Think of the normal benediction we hear at the end of our divine service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you peace. You see, at the end, it ties everything together. It takes everything that you have heard and received here in this place. It ties it all up, puts it together for you. As you exit, you hear this. You hear that God lifts up his face and smiles upon you. Maybe you remember hearing, or maybe as a parent you even said it, when there was so much anger from the parent that the parent said to the child, get out of my sight. I do not want to see you. And they send you off to the room. That's what God the Father did to your substitute. When he placed all your sin upon your substitute, he turned his face from his son. And Jesus recognized it. And you know what he said. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because that happened for you, the Father now smiles upon you. And when you exit, that's the image you should have. The Father is not disapproving of you. He is well pleased with you because your substitute took your place. We may think at times when we come to church, especially if we have little children, we get nothing out of it. We sit and we are dealing with fussy children. We can do that as parents or as grandparents. And we might say, I didn't hear anything that was, I heard in the, that nothing in the sermon made, didn't sink in. And I'll tell young mothers and fathers who struggle with that, oh, you've got a lot out, you just don't realize it. You may not have cognitively processed the sermon, but you have heard again and again, your sins are forgiven, you are at peace with God. You have come to the altar and received the very body given, the very blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. You are able to leave in peace, even with your child still fussy. There is peace with God alone in Christ, and you find it here again and again. But perhaps you have subtly despised preaching in God's word in that you do not trust it really does much for you, as I just said, maybe with fussy children. Perhaps you would seek after other means whereby you could orchestrate for yourself the peace that you crave. Maybe you think that your pastor, if he, if he were more vibrant and as he delivered the word of God to you, maybe then, maybe then he would give you goosebumps every time he spoke. And then you would know that this is working for you. 
Or maybe you think if we loosened up a bit and did not have concern for unprepared communicants and dropped our practice of closed communion, we would attract more people. Likewise, maybe you think if we treated divine services in a more folksy way, more relaxed way, emphasizing perhaps the law more, giving direction how we are to live instead of constantly reviewing what Christ has done for us. Then the church would become more alive, you think. But it doesn't fit with what Paul says here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Lord's apostle knew and trusted that if the divine service continues to give us Jesus in word and sacrament, that grace would dwell in us richly and we would be at peace with God, not of our making, but his, always. When the law, however, is emphasized as bringing us peace, the thought is in keeping with sacrificial living and not sacramental. We are spurred on to our own actions, achieving a sense that we are right with God because we behave ourselves at least better than our neighbors, certainly better than the people we hear about in the news. But this all fails miserably. Christ's religion, you see, is primarily sacramental, which results in a proper sacrificial response. Sacramental means God comes to us and gives us of his blessings. That's what goes on here. False religion is sacrificial only by nature in an effort to earn God's gifts, making one worthy of God's goodness by his own self-determined pious actions. The emphasis with services like that is from us to God. We would call those praise services. But that's not what Paul is calling us to do in letting Christ dwell in us richly. Now, do not misunderstand. We are called to sacrificial living, but only as a result of our rich sacramental life in Christ. And this is what Paul takes note of when he writes, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Only when we are at peace with God in Christ can we be unencumbered with all our efforts to do the work to make us right. And then we can concentrate on serving our neighbor. Remember Jesus saying, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Remember when he said that? This is the labor from which he has set you free. The labor, the work of working your way into acceptance with God so you might feel at peace with him. He has given you rest from that. He has done the work. We will soon now, as mentioned, be considering how this peace truly affects our sacrificial life of bearing witness to the world around us about the peace 
that has been freely offered to everyone here on earth, not just to us. We are not directed by our Lord to speak of that peace with everyone in every conversation in our lives, but others will observe that by our living, we are at peace with God our Creator. We demonstrate it as we love neighbor and do everything in the name of Jesus. And then often, our neighbor will ask how this can be. God has prepared us by his grace to give an answer of the hope we have in Jesus to anyone who should ask. In this life, especially affected by our sin, we tend to think that when there is conflict and the offending party must reach out first to the one who has been offended. That's how we think it works. But you see, this did not happen with God. He was the one offended. He was offended by our sin, by our rebellion. And the truth is, we would never come to him on our own. But what does God do? He's the one offended. He comes to us in his son. He reconciled himself to us by his son sacrificed for us all. And so the peace that we have with God is all his doing and always will be. And what he has done for you has been done for all your neighbors in your life. Now, have you been guilty of that subtle despising of preaching in the word? If so, know that you are forgiven for this as well. Jesus was charged with even those subtle sins of ours. That's when the Father turned his face from his Son. Jesus bore that turning away so that he might turn to you with that everlasting smile of acceptance. And trusting in this unbelievable path of peace with God you are now motivated to do all things, whether spoken or done through actions in the power of the name of Jesus working in your lives from day to day. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly by the gracious water that still cleanses you from all your sins, by the word declared to you that gives you the very forgiveness it says, and by the holy meal that nourishes you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise for the blessing. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus now and forevermore. Amen.